Snicker. Watch it. Oh, Snicker! Where are you? I'm over here, Mark. They're the brand new Tune Lightning. They got pop, lights in the back, and a pull-out stereo with CD player. How far do I go before I feel the fantasy? Hey there, Slimesters! Welcome to Splat Attack, a 90s Nick podcast overflowing into the slime-filled past. I'm your reversible sneaker-wearing dude, Brett. And I'm your off-the-court buddy, Alex. And Brett! Yes? What brings us to the Four Leaf Clover Mall in Bluffington today? Well, in addition to trading in my old stinkers for new sneakers, we'll be talking about shoes today, of course. Uh, and not just any shoes, Doug's cool shoes. Ah, awesome. Gotta get me a pair of those Sky Davis Limited Edition Signature Basketball Pumps. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they have any left, that is. Those shoes are a hot item these days. Maybe even bigger than Air Jordans. <clears throat> I, am, I have a connection with the manager. I'm sure he'll sneak me a pair from the back room. Well, hopefully he has your size. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of shoes, I see you have a shoe box somewhere there with you. Well, yeah. now what's the... Oh. Well, it's there. It's yeah, just in... It's there we go. What's the yeah. occasion? Well, I have to return these because after I got home, I realized they're actually size 24 triple E. And that's pretty hard to walk in after, you know, uh, a little a little bit. So I, I need a new pair that fits me better. Um well, if the shoe fits, wear it. Okay, then. <laughs> so, what are you waiting for? Put them on. I want to see them. I want to see them. I want to see them. Okay. Hey, get me out of here. Wait, are your shoes talking? Apparently. I mean, are there even shoes in here? No. Well, of course. Oh. It's it's our special guest, Matt Gordon. What up, Matt? Hey. hey guys, it's good to be here. Uh, but next time, if you're gonna put me in a shoebox, can you just punch a couple holes in it too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't even expect to see you in there. I guess you just came home with us when I got back from the mall. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Um, the post office must must have mixed up my order. I mean, I wanted Air Jordans, not Air Gordons, but. <laughs> Oh well. <laughs> so what kind of fancy name you got picked out for this thing? Wait, let me guess, an elevation enhancer or a gravity propeller vehicle. No, I was thinking something simple. Air Gordon. You're here. We're just happy to have you in the slime tank, Matt, after Yeah, uh, happy to be here. Hearing from you a year ago on Mona's mailbag. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, part part of what makes doing this show fun is we get to connect with other podcasters and content creators, but we also get to connect with our audience, and that really means a lot to us. So I'm, we're very, very blessed that you're here. Before we dive into the episode, what are some early memories of shoes for you two? Well, let me let me begin here because I think <laughs> when I was a kid, 
by the way, these are actually brand new shoes that I bought for this episode because they look like Doug's shoes or at least what the closest I could get. Um, so when I was a kid, I was really big in the shoes because any shoes that had a fancy feature or like art on them, I was all about that. I loved the LA lights. I loved how when I walked, mm -hmm. my heels would like light up in red and leave a trail behind in, in dark rooms, of course. Two Echo 10, respond to Canyon Park. Possible UFO sighting. 10-4. This is Two Echo 10. There's definitely something going on out there. L.A. Lights by L.A. Gear. Oh boy, they're never going to believe this one. The shoes to be seen in. Uh, marketing worked on me pretty well there and then uh, there was a time where I was really into Goosebump books and uh, they had shoes that had like the velcro on it the two straps that said Goosebumps on it and then on the back they'd have a little piece of art on the heel and sometimes it was like a mummy skateboarding across a pyramid or like Curly the skeleton uh, fishing at a lake or just slappy to dummy something ridiculous but I, I loved shoes because it felt like a fashion statement and an expression of like your personality and I understand why a lot of people go nuts over shoes with like entire closets dedicated to them or even like special um, containers to like show them off as if they're trophies because let's face it I mean some shoes are really designed well and they look super cool like the ones I have here and uh, I, I can't say that as much as I love shoes as I could, I didn't really collect them growing up. I just wore them mainly for function. I have a few nice pairs here and there, but I mostly just get like one nice pair of sneakers and then one crappy pair of sneakers to wear out until I can't wear them anymore. And then the rest of the shoes I have are very utilitarian, like snow boots or rain boots and stuff like that. Uh, just because I moved around a lot and it's hard to move a lot of shoes. but. Of all the shoes I could pick, if I could pick any, got got to go with my sneakers. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Any specific memories of shoes when you were a kid? Um, I don't know if I have a specific memory, but I grew up playing basketball from the time I was like, I don't know, as, as long as I can remember. So, um, you know, being a 90s kid, there was a lot of cool basketball shoes coming out at that time. Um, but I think I've always had like a pretty big love for like fashion and cool styles and like I manage a shoe store now so oh uh, wow it's kind of become full circle I guess <laughs> is that why you suggested this Doug episode for us to review <laughs> uh no I actually just always like this episode it's always been one that s sticks out in my mind when I think of Doug um mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because I like basketball so much growing up but I think it you know has a really straightforward message with just like don't let other people impact mm-hmm uh, you know, you being natural and authentic. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. That's something I, I appreciate this episode that, that it has, and we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. Uh, Alex, what about you? Do you have shoe memories? Aside from I, B, BK Ratchetech, of course. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I don't really have any specific memories from uh, having very specific cool shoes when I was a kid. I remember, if anything, I remember being somewhat jealous because I wanted to have exactly the shoes that Brett was talking about. I wanted those that lit up in the back. And I remember yeah. <laughs> I remember lights. my mom hearing in the news, at least she told me she heard in the news how those things were dangerous. And I'm, I was thinking, how are they dangerous? They're lights in your shoes, mom. But 
uh, she heard on the news that they were bad for your health. Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, I they remember they give kids seizures because they're staring at them instead <laughs> of like walking straight with their head forward. <laughs> I remembered the pumps. Yeah, I yeah. Have pumps. Those were. Uh, I remembered uh, that they had those shoes that had little diamond gels in the soles of them. There are diamonds in the world we live in, diamonds everywhere. Diamonds in the sky and on the bottom of the shoes that you wear when you wear diamond cells. Diamond cell from British Knights. They're the shoe with the diamonds inside that bounce. Very cool. Very BK. Diamond power, diamond fun. Diamond in the soul that bounce when you run. Diamond action, diamond flight. Diamond cell from British Knights. Shoes change. British Knights. Uh, I remember there were quite a few, really, and of course the the, the Ratch Tech. Uh, but I didn't get to have any of those cool ones. I just always had a pair of regular sneakers because mom didn't want to shell out the extra cash for any cool features. Yeah. But um, uh, the one cool thing I had in terms of shoes wasn't until I was an adult, and that was because I'm still a giant nerd. But uh, I got my, my favorite color is red. So much like Brett, I always had to have red sneakers. But I found over on the ACDC website they had ACDC shoelaces and they were black, black, white, and red and had ACDC all around them with little lightning bolts. And I, I got those to put with my red sneakers and I had much like Brett. I wore those things until my, my souls were talking to me because they would, the, they, they, <laughs> I, they became flip flops. You sound like me, Ox, wearing out our shoes until we can't wear them anymore. I That's mean, right. I've literally worn holes into my shoes before just because I walk so much. Uh, I, I've got a pair of shoes right now that's got a little hole in the side, but they, they're they're still like ninety nine percent in good working order. Gotcha. Yeah, it's funny because now when I buy shoes, it's like even managing a shoes for I still let my shoes just get destroyed. Yes. <laughs> and then like I buy I buy the cool shoes for my kids, so that's like I have two kids, so like anytime I buy them shoes, they get the cool ones, and I just. Yep you know, plow through mine. Makes sense. I always wanted, I don't remember seeing them as a kid. I don't even remember seeing an advertisement for them, but whenever I got back into Nickelodeon uh, as an adult, found out that there was Nickelodeon shoes mm -hmm. very, very early, yeah. like nine, like 1990 or something like that. The latest. Nickelodeon Shampoo with first 100 pair sold. Only at Foot Locker. Nickelodeon shoes at Foot Locker. I got a memory about that because back in 2014 when I was living in South Jersey, I actually got um, a custom pair of Converse for my birthday. 
and it was Nickelodeon orange and green, like the neon. And mm-hmm. I was so excited to get them and walk around and just like show off my expression of my love for Nickelodeon. But the problem is once I got them, they got my size wrong. Oh. It was like five sizes too big. Just like oh. just like this episode with the Sky yeah. Davis shoes. And I'm like, crap, I love these, but I can't wear them anywhere. I can't even get to the kitchen without tripping. So unfortunately, I just dumped them at a Goodwill because I couldn't sell them on Craigslist after a couple months because of how weird they looked. And <laughs> that's like one of the most heartbreaking moments of my entire life. Yeah, I remember they used to always give out BKs. Mm-hmm. The British Knights on Nickelodeon. Andrea, tell them what they're getting. BK. <laughs> BK Ratchtech. Strap on the noise. So when uh, I did Legends a couple year, couple years ago, um, I tried to find a pair of BKs, and they still make shoes, but um, they did not seem comfortable at all. So. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty cool looking. Definitely super '90s looking. The only other tie I can think of for shoes at Nickelodeon was, of course, the moon shoes. More fun from the creators of Squiggle Wiggle Riders and Squiggle Ball. And those things were super cool. I remember that I wanted to try them, but I knew I'd hurt myself because they looked so, even to my child mind, those looked super dangerous. But I still wanted to try them. And I went to, there was a museum, a children's museum at the mall in Evansville, and it was called Hands on Discovery. And uh, they had all these different little things. They had a, a, a space section, and they had like four or five pair of moon shoes. And we took a class trip there, and all of us tried to get in the moon shoes. And it was no time for somebody had twisted an ankle, and they were ready to get out. The teacher was like, "Okay, no more moon shoes. Everyone go somewhere else." And yeah. then I, I ended up sneaking back anyway and putting them back on. And I did like two or three jumps, and then I took them back off so that way I wouldn't get in trouble. I, I have to know, how high did you jump in those moon shoes? Because that's what <laughs> that's something I tried to do so hard when I wore them for field day. I, I didn't get very high. Uh, maybe sli- it, it probably felt higher than I really was, but because the shoes – the, the big plastic still is having to go up. I still probably didn't jump more than I normally would have, mm-hmm. but just because I'm already elevated from the ground with those shoes on, it it felt taller. But in reality, it probably wasn't. I, I wonder what it felt like for the kids on Guts to do the Moon Race event with Yo, shoes. gosh. Because it seems like one of those things where you imagine like you're you're just springing around like Inspector Gadget, like making giant leaps and bounds. But in reality, you're just trying not to hit your face on the on the track. Yeah, pure panic. Just keep your balance, keep your balance, keep your balance, keep your balance. And as our players begin their orbit around the track, look at Gina with those massive, massive jumps. She's right there. This may look easy at home, but it all comes down to balance. Oh, Gina takes a tumble, but she doubled right into a somersault. That is her gymnastics help again, helping herself back up so she doesn't 
twist her ankle. We're coming down the stretch, and it looks like Crash isn't going to crash at all. He's got to come in for a lunar landing. And there he is, Crash, making it number one. And then we got the Destroyer finishing up number two. Ow, yes, and Crash helping her up. Helping her up after that. And then we've got little Tony coming in third. That always looked like a ton of fun, though. Yes. It did. It did. Yeah, I give it that. Well, we're going to jump into our episode review to see if this episode fits us just right. Um, And we'll start with the episode info for Doug's School Shoes. So it was from Season 1, Episode 7A. It was written by Alan Silverberg. Alan Silverberg did the Doug to the Rescue episode, which happened to be the same episode. But uh, the Doug's Cool Shoes, the story was written by Andrew Steele, and the writers were Marcy Winograd and Jacqueline Hertz. And it was directed by Ken Kimmelman. And the synopsis is as follows. The episode starts with a basketball game in Bluffington School while Doug is preparing to make the final shot. Roger and his cronies fill Doug's head with doubt by insulting his quote-unquote lame shoes. Skeeter and Patty try to defend their friend, but Roger's scathing words are enough to make him miss the shot, causing the ball to bounce off the rim and knock knock him down in the process. Dazed and surrounded by everyone's shoes, Doug tells the viewer, I never knew shoes could give you such a headache. Cut to the title of the episode. So how do you guys feel about the opening scene of this episode? I think it's a good setup. I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, Like I said, as a kid, I loved basketball, so, you know, I, I was already like invested just from that, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a pretty good setup to the episode, I'd say. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty standard fare for Doug. There's a, you've got to have the teaser for what is going to bother him for this episode, and there's and that's not to to make light of any of his situation because that's part of the charm of Doug is his problems are things that kids experience on a daily basis, so it's very clear oh this is going to be an episode about his shoes and uh and how frustrated he is with them i mean if they they paint the picture very quickly and it's it's fine i don't think there's anything overly special about it but it's done you know what you're going to get and yeah. it's it's a fine setup yeah i agree i actually like it more for the the ambience uh more than anything else just because it really brings back fond memories of me playing basketball with my friends during recess and um, I just like that doggy rap kind of instrumental song from Doug playing in the background, setting the scene like, hey, man, you want to play some b-ball, you know, shoot some hoops, that kind of thing. And uh, of course, Roger's got to be a, a royal jerk here with his cronies, um, just kind of, you know, messing with Doug's head. But I appreciate that Skeeter and Patty are both there to kind of support him and, you know, root for him on his team, even Porkchop uh, at one point and maybe BB too. So it's, it's like an even battle between who's, who's right when it comes to shoes and confidence. Um, and I, I like how it, it, it has some of that foreshadowing element to it uh, for what happens later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Cool. So later that day near the lockers, Doug hears BB remark to her friends on how someone needs to tell Skunky Beaumont to get cooler shoes if he doesn't want to be judged. Suddenly, another girl walks up to Skeeter and compliments him on his new reversible sneaker boots. Doug hides in the locker, embarrassed by his own plain shoes. Patty asks for Doug, and he falls out of the locker. While Doug stammers, he turns down her offer to shoot hoops after school. On the way home, Doug imagines a mob of people harassing him for his boring shoes. Suddenly, 
Doug bumps into Mr. Dink, where he shows off his new Sweat Hogs aerobic sneakers that also have a mind of their own. <laughs> the shoe hops away, repeating the phrase, move it, fatso, while Mrs. Dink chases after him and the runaway shoe. Doug then realizes that in order to feel more confident in his shoes, he's got to ditch those high tops for a snazzy pair of Sky Davis Air Jets that he sees on TV. Doug then fantasizes being a basketball star moving gracefully while Patty compliments him on how cool and confident he is. The living room TV informs him Sky Davis will be at the Four Leaf Clover Mall to sign pairs of Air Jets today. So Doug heads over to the mall and manages to get the last pair from a quirky shoe clerk. Good for him, right? Well, his old sneakers tell him, yes, tell him, that they feel abandoned and betrayed for Doug upgrading to the latest fashionable pair. Doug is overcome with guilt as a result. A moment later, the shoe clerk returns with the last pair of Air Jets, size 24 triple E. Despite their massive size, Doug convinces himself he'll be the coolest kid in school. Just as Doug pulls out a few dollars, the shoe clerk informs him that he only has enough money for one shoe. The clerk tells him to remove the shoes, then Doug leaves the store and Roger sneaks in to steal the pair Doug couldn't afford. So how do you feel about you know these past couple scenes? And also, was there ever something you wanted so bad as a kid but couldn't afford it? I, I love the setup of this episode. I think it's, uh, to me, if, if you watch this episode, it's exactly what Doug is all about. It's like he has problem after problem and he somehow finds a way to, for a different solution. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of if I had anything I couldn't afford as a kid, I mean, there was tons of things. Um, <laughs> um, I remember my dad getting me and my brother like the PlayStation 2 for mm -hmm. the first time. And like we had been asking forever. So when we finally got it, uh, that was pretty dang cool. Um, but it took a while to get it. And mm -hmm. on top of it, they were sold out too when they came out. So, oh, yeah. um, but uh, I think I was always a patient kid. I think um, I was always good at finding ways to preoccupy myself if I couldn't get the things I wanted. Um, yeah, and I think not getting everything you want teaches you that patience as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a valuable lesson in life. Um, so you're not necessarily spoiled. Uh, by things you do get and it also allows you to appreciate the things once you do finally get them um, versus just like being caught up in the moment and then sick of it a few moments later i want i want i want me 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 mine 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 now now so um i guess i guess that works out in a way i know for me like like you matt i used to um get really excited for like new video game consoles also PlayStation 1 and 64 that sort of thing and like board games and like Power Rangers Zords because they were fairly big ticket items for a little kid like me and even with my saved up allowance I couldn't afford them no matter how how many like chores I did or you know even extra stuff like mow the lawn so um, it, it, it was hard not having something when other people at school had it and they were constantly talking about because you want to part of you wants to fit in and be able to engage in that conversation so you're not ostracized by not having something that everyone seems like they have um, but at the same time if you're able to resist that or make friends with people who don't necessarily care about that as much then it th some of the pressure's off and i found that 
you know, most of the people who I talked with about those things, or at least tried to pretend like I knew about PlayStation when I didn't have a PlayStation, they weren't really friends I wanted to be with in the long run. And I found the lesson that also, you know, patience and saving up a little bit over time eventually got me the PlayStation that I wanted. And I was able to enjoy it more with people who actually cared about me, regardless if I had one or not. So yeah. like you, there, there was a valuable lesson learned there through the experience. Yeah, I don't think that as a kid, I had no concept of money. Uh, I just knew that I saw an advertisement for for something cool and I wanted it. And um, I wanted so many things. So if I got any of them, I was happy. Yeah. But it wasn't until I became a teenager when I started to understand the concept of money. Uh, my children's pastor was moving homes and he wanted to have somebody help him move. He wanted a young, strong back. And he paid me to come out and help him move, pack stuff up to the truck. And and um, that started our relationship. He is still my very best friend to this day. Uh, married my wife and I, and he's like a second father to me. But uh, starting then, at that summer, and then every – it never stopped. I was at his house every Saturday. We'd work on the yard or we'd paint a bedroom or something, and he would pay me. And uh, that was pretty much my first – job and then I was able to go buy anything I wanted to go buy which was really yeah. cool but it wasn't uh, because shortly after that was when I got into James Bond movies and I wanted my own tuxedo but I probably could have afforded it uh, just on the sheer fact that of how what much money I was making and I could save up because I knew how to do that I just didn't know how I didn't know how to go what store to go to what I was looking what the how to measure size. I knew none of that stuff, and um, he had gone out. He actually knows a business owner who um, has a, a bridal shop, and he bought a tuxedo for me, and I wore that thing from from being in junior high all the way up until just a few years ago when I could no longer wear it, and I had to get uh, a, a new size, but. Um, yeah, the the tuxedo was my first thing that I wanted and couldn't and knew I couldn't afford, but I I could but I couldn't. So, yeah. but uh, going back to Doug, uh, for this episode uh, for this section, there's a couple things that strike me, and one of them is Patty already is well aware of how anxiety stricken. Doug often is and I love the fact that when he fell out of the locker and she clearly saw him fall out of the locker she didn't ask why were you in the locker she just accepts him and lets it go and then just treats him like treats him like a friend and I think it's really cool I mean Skeeter doesn't even quite he knows some of it but he he doesn't get to really understand the whole picture until all this is done, Skeeter starts asking questions. Patty just doesn't question it. Does like, oh, it's Doug being Doug, and not even like sloughing it off. Just moving on to the next thing. And I think I think that's really cool. Another cool moment of uh, what makes Patty so cool. Yeah, it's very telling of their their friendship with Doug um, and how tight knit they are. Where even odd things like that don't even bother them because we know Doug has anxiety about growing up and. A very overactive imagination and most of the times they they help ground him in reality and i think it's important for people 
or like Doug's personality to have people supporting them like that so that it can help them feel like they're more of a participant in a world and less shying away from it. Alrighty. So moments later, Doug sits at a bench feeling disappointed in the outcome of events. Unexpectedly, Sky Davis himself walks up and sits next to Doug, complimenting him on his plain shoes. Doug is confused why Sky isn't wearing his air jets, to which Sky explains, oh, he likes his air jets, but he had his beat up blue and white sneakers forever, so he would never get rid of them. Doug's confidence is restored knowing now he doesn't need new shoes to feel good about himself. The confidence was in him all along. Just before Sky Davis leaves, Doug works up the courage to ask if Sky could autograph his shoes. Sky agrees, and in a heartwarming twist of events, Sky asks Doug to do the same. So now they're soul brothers. Back at the basketball court, Roger provokes Doug to play a one-on-one -on -one game with him, flaunting the new oversized Sky Davis shoes bought from the mall. Doug accepts the challenge, and Roger, not realizing, not realizing how darn difficult the shoes are to maneuver in, trips and the shoes flop off behind him. Doug steps in, gracefully dribbling the ball towards the basket and lands a three-throw. Three Patty congratulates Doug for making the shot. Later that night, Doug journals about the lesson he learned about shoes that day. However, Doug struggles to end his entry with a witty shoe pun. With each rejected phrase, a shoe-sporting pork chop tosses the journal entries into the trash can with a little mini hoop. So it all goes to show you it's all about confidence and believing in yourself, and maybe if your socks match. Ended the episode. So we'll break for a discussion before we get into our episode rating. Have any of you ever met any celebrities in person whom you felt down-to-earth relatable connection to? Um. So I live in LA, so I actually run into celebrities pretty often. Um, but uh, one of the more down-to-earth ones, um, I got to say Stevie Wonder was super cool. Um, yeah, I, I used to work at a guitar center. He'd come in pretty often, and he just like lives and breathes music. So he'd have a tablet, and his assistant would set up like a, a keyboard app, and while he was waiting, he'd be playing piano on there um but yeah he was always super nice and cool and just uh loved talking music so that was really cool great to hear it um yes i, I mean the the first one that comes to mind is actually dj mchale uh, yeah. the creator of are you afraid of the dark because yes. i don't know if any of you guys know i i forget who i tell but uh back in april of 2019 when i was actually out in la um, trying to get off the ground with my career. Um, I, I was working on my book, Scary Tales, The Ultimate Unofficial Guide to Are You Afraid of the Dark, and I had finished the first draft of the manuscript and made a prototype. And I was so excited about it that I contacted him and said, hey, you wanna, you wanna check this out? Maybe give me a little guidance on where to go with it since you know he's also an author after his Are You Afraid of the Dark days. And so I met with him in El Segundo at a restaurant uh, a couple times. We actually had two meetings. And uh, he was just in love with everything I'd done. He clearly saw all the passion and the drive that reminded him of what it was like to work on Are You Afraid of the Dark in its early days and get his show running. So he saw, he saw a lot of similar magic in me that he saw in himself back then. And it was, it was just a wonderful, wonderful meeting. Like I didn't feel 
anxious like I thought I would be. Like after the first five seconds of me getting into his car as we drove to the restaurant, I just let all of that melt away and he just felt like a person to me, like someone I had known for years. And uh, it's definitely helped me build like a, a very fond friendship with him and even, you know, interact with him a little bit more and have him on this podcast on a couple occasions uh, to be specific episodes seven and 14 of our podcast, which are the Are You Afraid of the Dark 30th Anniversary Reunion and the Sardo Retrospective. Mm -hmm. So I, I appreciate getting to know him from a more like friendship side and, and less of like this this mysterious like person in the sky that made something I was so deeply passionate about. And I could, I could even say the same thing about Jim Jenkins when we did Doug's lucky. I was going to say Jim. He is such a down to earth guy. He's like my, my favorite uncle that I would love to visit for like a barbecue or something. And I, I'm, I'm very excited to see him again for some episodes we have planned later this year. I'll just mm -hmm. leave it at that. Yeah. He um, seemed awesome when it was on. It was, that was a fun episode to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Thank you. So those, those are my connections there that come to mind. Any celebrity that has been on our podcast, I mean, to, to be honest, every single one that we have had the honor to have had featured on our podcast has all been down to earth, inviting, welcoming, happy to be here and just share anything that they want to share. We have been exceedingly blessed in that capacity. Uh, so I, I know it's a bit of a cop out for the podcast, but I will give a more specific answer. But just for the the sheer amount of guests that we've had uh, and, and the amount of them who have had direct involvement with the shows that we're talking about, and they're all super chill, very laid back, and we'll just talk to you about whatever it is that you want to talk about. It's that's awesome. But to be a little more specific and to break away from um, the guests that we've had on the podcast, uh, I have had the chance to meet Kel Mitchell and he was very sweet. He was very, very sweet. Um, we, I went to my first comic con and I took Sam with me and, uh, Sam was four, I think, at the time. And we were going, I was going to meet Kel Mitchell, and we were also going to meet uh, Austin, who was Red Ranger. And we were also going to meet Jason David Frank. And uh, we got there the day that Austin was supposed to be leaving. But we got there too late, and he had already left, and I was really frustrated. But um, Kel was there. So we went and saw Kel. Sam had already gotten familiar. We, we'd seen the Good Burger movie a few times already, and he absolutely loved it. Showed him a few Good Burger sketches on all that. And uh, and Kel was also on Double Dare. Because at the time, uh, 2018, uh, they both he and Keenan had been a guest on the show. And uh, I'm... We've said it before, I teach children's church, and... I have a, a big passion for kids and wanting to give them a safe place and provide for them the things that they need as much as I can within within my parameters. And um, to see that Kel's, I mean, he's, he's fighting for, well, competing for money, but it wasn't going to him. It was going to a children's charity. And that, that warmed my heart. And also he's a pastor now, which I thought was really cool too, uh, with, with all the, cause he's even gone on, on record with some of the, how difficult his life was after mm. his, uh, stardom and, uh, how it's, it's turned around. And I think it's a beautiful story. And, um, 
we went to go meet him, and there was only one person in line, and Kel had his time with him, guy left, and there's nobody behind us, so we got to have a little extra time, and uh, gave gave him the thing that I was wanting him to sign, which was a pizza face mask <laughs> from the splat from the from the box, the Nick box, and he he hadn't seen it yet, and he was just going, "Oh my gosh, are you serious?" And he looked over at the lady who was uh, working for the con at the time. Do you know what this is? This is a piece of history right here. Oh my gosh, where did mm-hmm. this come from? And reads it, and he he signed it. And uh, and then I I Sam I don't know what flew up his skirt because he was scared <laughs> he he has never been intimidated ever but he was intimidated for the first time I've ever really seen him to talk to Kel and uh, while we were in waiting to see him he was telling me will he do the good burger thing do you want him to do the good burger thing yes or are you going to ask him no. <laughs> he's shy. So, and he's not shy. You know him. That boy is not shy. I mean, when you're around celebrities, I can understand the the need to claim up. And and I thought that was I thought it was super adorable, but it surprised me because he's never been shy from anything a day in his life, and and still really hasn't. And uh, then after this conversation, I told him how much I appreciated. I, I gave him my background and told him how much it means to me to see someone who I grew up watching has gone through the things that he's gone through and is now teaching in a church setting and is also still fighting for kids it means the world to me and I and I just wanted to thank him for it and he seemed very very appreciative and then I I said I have one more uh, question to ask if that's okay he said sure what do you and I said he's too nervous to ask you but he wanted me to ask if you would say the good burger line and he, of course, it's Kel. He he said, "Yeah, sure," and like peeked around and said, "What's your name, little dude?" <laughs> and that's awesome. And Sam started yeah. to shrug up, and he was Sammy. He goes, "Oh, well, Sammy," and then does the line, and then we were both beaming. And, uh, and I thanked him, and he said thank you, and he was super. Guy was fantastic, and I've heard at every con that he was at, and I've seen people through social media share that they had the chance to meet him and how absolutely delightful he is. Man, I love moments like that. And I love that he's on like that path, despite all the challenges he's faced, you know, great, great story to hear Alex. And uh, hopefully, you know, when we have Keenan Kel um, covered on our show, we can have him for that or all that, or just anything. I would love to get to talk to him personally. Same, same. Cool. Well, uh, surprisingly, we're already through the episode. It just flew by. Um, what do you guys want to give it for? Our... Whoa, Matt, where'd you go? Ah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry <about that. laughs> Don't be messing with the camera. We're not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, our, for our Splat Attack rating, Alex, what, what do you want to give Doug's Cool Shoes? Uh, I really enjoy Doug's Cool Shoes. It is not one of my favorites. Um, it is uh, one that I often forget about until it comes on and then it's one of those oh yeah i remember this one uh, and and not that it's a bad thing but just because there's there's so many <laughs> there's so many episodes that uh, it can be easy to lose them but i really i do really enjoy like i mean i said i've said it before there is no bad episode of doug uh there are episodes oh, that- <laughs> i might i might argue with that 
in a later podcast episode. Well, and, and and I think I know which episode you're talking about, but I do enjoy that episode too. Uh, I really don't think there's a bad episode. I really enjoy the entire series. Uh, but um, and I, I know I've said that about several shows before here, but it uh, honestly that is the way I feel. I'm yeah. I'm very laid back when it comes to most things Nickelodeon, uh, but this is a good episode. Uh, it has a good message, uh, especially about materialism, and uh, I, I the the ending is a bit cornball. But again, it's it's '90s Nickelodeon kids show. I mean, it, cornball is okay. Cornball and, was cool uh, back then. Yes, it was, and uh, it uh, it even watching it now, it still puts a smile on my face about him signing his shoe, and it's a cool little moment, especially with all the celebrity interactions that you and I have had with people on this podcast, and how they've blessed us in numerous ways. So it's not, it may be a little cornball for the show, but it's it's very relatable for you and I, and uh, I really enjoy it. I don't think there's anything about it that really pushes it into the S tier for me, uh, just because it's it's pretty standard for Doug. It doesn't handle some of the bigger, heavier, weightier things that sometimes Doug occasionally will grasp on, but I enjoy it. I give it a rating of an A, which is a splatsalent. Alrighty. I mean, that's very respectable. Uh, Matt, what would, you, what would you like to rate it? Uh, for me, I'm going to go with an S, I think. Um, to me, it's a very definitive episode in the sense that it gives you just a full idea of what the show Doug is like. Um, I think it was the first episode I showed, the first episode I showed to my son when I showed him the show. Um, and uh, I wouldn't say it's my favorite episode, but it's definitely one that stands out to me. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Plus, it has, it has basketball, it has cool shoes. Uh, and I think the second part of the same episode is the is the first episode with um, Quail Man. Yep. Yeah. Duck so, to yeah. the rescue. So uh, I don't know. I just always love this episode. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's uh, a good message, and it's super relatable because um, I don't know. I think as a kid, you're always trying to find ways to be yourself, mm-hmm. and there's so many different factors that come your way that you know make you want to compromise that. Um, but I think the second you find your authenticity, you really blossom. Well, I feel like we're all in the same ballpark here, or should I say basketball court, because uh, <laughs> I'm going to give this a splatterific, which is an S. And the reason why I put it in the S territory is because uh, it's one of those episodes that's like a sleeper hit for me where it's not something that immediately comes to mind but when i watch it i'm like oh yeah that episode i remember Mm -hmm. seeing this um i don't remember if it was ever on like one of those snick tapes or doug vhs tapes uh but i feel like i saw this one more often than not for like a season one episode growing up and i just really love the ambience of the of the shoe store especially with that gotta get cool shoes gotta get cool shoes type song um, which was also in the pilot episode when we talked about um, Doug Can't Dance way back in episode 40. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. I like Roger getting his comeuppance for being a jerk when he, like, tries to play basketball and show off and it totally backfires on him. It's just, like, a really satisfying, Ugh, take that for being, you know, mean to Doug. And um, I, I like seeing all the different types of shoes. It got me interested, and it really evoked a lot of, childhood memories in early elementary school when I I cared about shoes at the time 
whether it's like LA lights or my Goosebumps shoes. So for that reason, for the nostalgia, uh, for the for just the fun nature of it, and I'm, I'm going to give an S. Um, I, I would have given a double S, but it just flies by so fast. I like have to rewatch it a couple of times to just process what happens. It's, it's a really quick episode for me compared to other episodes of Doug I've watched. And to answer your question, no, the episode was not on any VHS. Gotcha. Well, I got to I- say, too, watching it, watching it as an adult working in a shoe store. Now I got anxiety when uh, they didn't have his shoe size. That <laughs> happens to me like constantly. Yeah. And then you just bring out, you know, the next closest thing. Um, I mean, hopefully it's not a, a you know, 24 triple E. But <laughs> I can't uh, even imagine what that size is. I mean, I've seen some basketball player shoes in shoe stores before, and I thought like a 15 or 16 is ginormous. I think Shaq wears like a, what, 27 or something. Whoa, he does? Yeah, it's something mm. like that. So I got to ask, who is the worst shoe salesman? The lady that was in this episode. There you go. Excuse me, but that's the price per shoe. You do want both shoes, don't you? Then I uh, don't have enough. Off. Or Al Bundy. I'm a natural born salesman. Excuse me. Hey, do I come to the hag shop bother you when you're working? I can't answer that because I didn't watch Married with Children growing up. I, I can answer that one. <laughs> it's definitely Al Bundy. <laughs> I was going to say the guy who um, sold shoes in uh, that A Real Monster episode where the Gromble and his like old buddy um, snuck into a shoe store. And that was like the origin story of why the Gromble wears red pointed stilettos. In the academy, I don't know if either. I don't remember, remember that, that episode. Yeah. It was like old monster or something. Like the monster was like, "Come on, we got to take a shortcut," and you'd always get the the free younger monsters into trouble. But that's what comes to mind when I think of shoes and stuff. So this episode was actually based on Jim Jenkins' earliest idea of Doug, which is a book he co-wrote with Joe Aaron called "Doug's Got a Pair of Sneakers." Uh, the book was later published in 1997 by Disney Press with the new title "Doug's Big Shoe Disaster." and features Doug wearing all sorts of unusual shoes to see if they fit him well, including, I think, fish, uh, if I remember one of the <laughs> illustrations. So that's that's a lot of fun, and I feel like I need to get that book now and read it because it's Doug memorabilia, <laughs> and how rare is that? <laughs> yes. Um, for most 90s kids who love Doug, you may have picked up on the fact that Sky Davis is actually a reference to Michael Jordan when he released his Air Jordan shoes in public on yep. April Fool's Day in 1985. Uh, they're a very hot commodity, and actually, my uncle Phil, who I mentioned a couple times on this podcast, had a pair of those from those times, and he sold them recently for twenty five hundred. So they're still in quite demand if they're in really good condition. Very yeah. much like Star Wars action figures. <laughs> uh, the untitled song, which I kind of hinted at before, "Got to Get Cool Shoes," uh, that plays when Doug gets fitted for the Sky Davis shoes made its first appearance in the pilot, Doug Can't Dance, as background music when Skeeter was playing uh, records at the dance. Uh, Despite being sung by Fred Newman, it is actually nowhere nowhere to be seen on the officially released Nickelodeon Doug soundtrack. So that's unfortunate, but I, I appreciate the catchy tune. Don't go away. Doug will be right back. If you've been watching Nickelodeon's Welcome Freshmen to see what high school's really like, just remember, this is a TV show. It's not real. 
Yeah, no real high school would be run by someone like Mr. Lipman. And no real high school would assign 500-pound books about the fish. No real high school has surprise quizzes and endless homework assignments. Sounds a lot like real high school to me. Me too. On second thought, you better watch. You might learn something. Watch Welcome Freshman every Saturday at 5-4 Central on Nickelodeon. Dummies and dolls do disastrous deeds. Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps make another return to the podcast. For this episode, we are joined by host Derek from Are You Afraid of Are You Afraid of the Dark and Like Goosebumps, but with more breakdancing. For this versus episode, we are choosing a winner between Are You Afraid of the Dark's Tale of the Dollmaker and Goosebumps' Night of the Living Dummy 2. You will only find this episode available on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash splatattack to get access to this episode as well as our backlog of exclusive episodes, live streams, and more. While you're here, please hit the like button, subscribe, and click that notification bell to help us reach a thousand subscribers. If you're listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review. As always, these simple actions on your part help us to reach our goal of providing you with episodes like this as our full-time job. As always, thank you all for your support, but for now, I'm going to practice my ventriloquist skills. You're watching Nickelodeon, and now back to Doug. All right, guys, uh, I think we tried off, tried on enough shoes for today. Let's, uh, let's get on to our segment called Retro Replay. <laughs> Retro Replay. So for this segment, we, we're gonna watch some handpicked clips from the episode to see if we can either predict what will happen next or if we can spot an Easter egg somewhere on screen. For those who are familiar with the segment, it's pretty much like a game of I Spy or you know what will happen next kind of thing. Uh, so I'll pull up the episode and share it in Zoom and then I will ask you questions for it and you will, you will compete for points and bragging rights to see who wins. Boy, was I embarrassed. And that was only the beginning. I never knew shoes could give you such a headache. Okay, so for that clip, uh, here's a question for two points. How many pairs of shoes surround Doug? I'm going to say seven. How many pair of shoes? Yeah. Uh, That's usually how they come. It's pairs. <laughs> seven pairs. Unless it's a Sky Davis shoe. And then Do you want to guess a single shoe. Yeah, um, there, there was Roger, <laughs> Roger, BB, Patty, uh, one of his cronies, girl in purple. It was like a weird version. Uh, of I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say six. Okay. Uh, just just for having a different answer. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Matt got it. All right. So I two points for Matt. The shoes that uh, Skeeter is wearing too are the same shoes he wears later in the episode. Yep. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. I was actually going to ask for a bonus point for two points. Uh, describe how each pair of shoes here look, but if that's too impossible, don't worry Ooh. about it. We'll go over it. Well, I mean, Rogers were his usual black cowboy boot looking thing. Yeah. There was one pair that was at the bottom bottom right that was uh, like purple socks and white white shoes. 
I was pretty sure there was a pair of yellow, like Skeeters were yellow with black. Yeah. So far, so good. You got three for three. Um, I don't know all of them. Um, I don't know. I think Skeeters are the only ones that look super weird and everything else is yeah. kind of... Fairly skater just I think there was one that looks like looks like Doug's, that, that pattern, but it was pink. Yeah, that's Patty's. Yeah. Those are the only four that I, I can think of out of those seven. I mean, you got majority, I'll give it to you, because you always are hard to guess. So yeah. you got Roger's black boots. You got Willie's red and white weird-looking sneakers. You got uh, either Boomer or Ned's white and orange sneakers. Um, I'm guessing you got Boomer's yellow and white sneakers. And then you have Patty's pink and white sneakers, which are similar to Doug's. You got Skeeter's whacked out tiger boot things. <laughs> and then, of course, yeah, you got cool. Connie's plain white shoes. Purple Connie. So there you go. Uh, Alex and Matt, you're all tied up because I'm going to give you that one, Alex. It's really difficult. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was impressive. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm gonna I can remember like two of them, and I was like, that's about it for me. Are cool, Skeeter. Thanks. They're reversible sneaker boots. Here, let me show you the deal. <laughs> I think it's so cool when a guy knows what shoes to wear. Well, see ya. See ya. I've seen that girl a couple times. Okay, so for clip two of Retro Replay, what do both forms of Skeeter's reversible shoes look like? Describe them best you can. Basically, like color and pattern. I mean, they're yellow tiger shoes, first mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of turn into these like purple polka dot with like yeah. a green sole. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Down Two shoe. points for Matt. I All want right. those shoes. <laughs> you want the reversible shoes? Yeah. They, they look really cool, but I feel like they'd be a pain to like actually turn inside out, depending I'd, on the fact. I'd only do the uh, Tiger ones. Okay. You know? It was like in the 90s with all those like basketball reversible jerseys and stuff. I'd only wear it one way, but yeah. it was nice to know you had options. Right. You could switch sides in case someone didn't agree with you at the lunch table in the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whenever they got to smelling really bad, you can just turn inside out and let it air out. Pretend it's a new pair when it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, let me queue up uh, the next clip. Sorry, Douglas! I was aiming for the trash! <laughs> oh, hi, Mr. Dink. Say, Douglas, <laughs> notice anything different about me? Well, uh, not really. Maybe Doug won't notice, but maybe you guys will. So for two points, what do Mr. Dink's workout shoes look like? I'm going to defer to Alex. I'm going to let him answer that. Uh, I think they, at least in that particular shot, they looked more brown. And uh, they had they had this thing on the toe, this like a speaker, I guess, is what was on the toe. Had little mechanics that were going around, but it was mostly brown with this red tech added features around it. Yeah, they look very mechanical. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the best I could use to describe it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that to you. I mean, it's close, but you kind of describe both his old pair and his new pair at the same yeah, time. Yeah, because his, his old pair, they just look like Doug's regular shoes, like that pattern, but... They were just the, like brown shoes. But it was, think, right? it was yeah. brown, brown and white. And, and the end was, it, it almost looked like a light, a light tan. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then the new ones are basically like maroon and pistachio. Yeah, because I'm an artist I, and I, I know specific color shades. Because <laughs> when when we watch it a little later, the close up, you can it looked a, the color was a lot brighter, but just in yeah. that one shot, it looked more muted and more brown. Yeah, I mean I'll give that to you. So you guys are tied at four and four so far. It's anyone's game. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to clip four now. Okay, let's get started. First, we have to remove these from our feet. We'll just tie them in here for now. Out of sight, out of mind. There. We must feel better already. <laughs> hey, that tickles. Oh, size 6B. That's an excellent shoe size, I must say. I'll be right back. God, I love that music so much, especially that riffing guitar. I wonder if uh, Dan Sawyer played that or not on the track, because he he plays the guitar with Fred Newman on other songs. Yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm digressing. Uh, what is Doug's shoe size according to the shoe clerk lady? And I've already mentioned it a couple times, so this is a gimme. It's a six B. You are correct, Matt. Of course mm -hmm. you would, because so that uh, that I need to pay attention to when it happens, because like. All the time, I go to the back to grab shoes, and I forget the size when I'm back there. So, mm -hmm. so since yeah. we're doing since we're doing <laughs> shoe size, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Nice, because <laughs> there was an episode where Cowboy Curtis had really, really worn out boots, and Pee Wee says, "Did you just come from church?" There's no why. Well, how come your boots are so holy? And <laughs> oh, and, and then he he uses Jombie's wish for a new pair of boots. And Jambi says, what size? Uh, size 12, double E. Boy, big feet. Well, you know what they say. No, what? But big feet, big boots. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I, I know a different a... quote. <laughs> <laughs> they actually did a Pee Wee's Playhouse live thing back in yeah. 2010 or something. Yeah, on Broadway. Yeah, and they brought it to LA um, and I bought tickets and it sold out so quick that they had to move it to like a bigger venue. Oh, wow. Um, so they ended up upgrading us to like VIP tickets for that. Oh man. Um, and it was so cool because I took my, I went with like my brother and my sister and she was, she's a lot younger than me. Um, so he did like a Q&A as Pee Wee after the show. Mm -hmm. And he had her uh, ask him all the questions the entire time. Oh. Uh, since she was like the only kid in the audience. Um, that was awesome. It was, it was amazing, yeah. It was pretty cool. That's so Man, he I love all like this. That. I bought a, a Pee Wee Herman purity ring. Because ah, uh, random. <laughs> it was the coolest item they had. <laughs> <laughs> Did it have anything engraved on it? Uh, it said a uh, Pee Wee Herman purity ring, I think, on it. Oh, I it would have like a post <laughs> <laughs> Just, just okay. to the point. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, was... So for <laughs> our next clip. Why aren't you wearing your Sky Davis Air Jets? Well, I like my Air Jets okay, but I've had these sneakers forever. They're my off-court buddies. I don't think I'd ever get rid of them. Well, gotta run. Nice talking to you. Uh, Chuck, excuse me, but uh, can I ask you something? Shoot, buddy. Would you mind autographing my shoes? No problem, man. Now you got some real Sky Davis shoes. Gee, thanks. Hey, hold it. Huh? Would you mind autographing mine? After all, we are soul brothers, get it? <laughs> um, 
So for two points, what does Sky Davis refer to his comfy shoes as? Yeah. Alex? It was my intro. Off-court <laughs> buddies. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got it. And for two bonus points, what are Doug and Sky Davis considered after signing each other's shoes? Uh, he says they're soul buddies. Soul brothers. Soul brothers. You got it. Yeah, that's the exact wording. Soul brothers. Soul brothers. Well, it was a really close one, but it came down to the bonus question, actually, um, <laughs> which Alex didn't fight too hard for. That's okay. No, he did not. <laughs> you, you are the shoe master, Matt, on this podcast. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I think he knew it, too. So Yeah. So the final score is Matt got eight points and Alex got six. So well done, Matt. Congratulations. You won Retro Replay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to jump right into Mona's Mailbag because we have more time than anticipated since the episode just flew by. Uh, So, Mona, what do you got for us today? I know we have a few letters from the past few months. Okay, so I, I dug into Mona's mailbag and she gave me a couple of letters here, four of them to be exact. So Alex and Guy are going to take turns reading a couple of them. And I'm going to start off with our latest Apple podcast reading from our Slimester Caveman. <laughs> He's Caveman, writes, I recently found Brett and Alex's podcast and I have to say, bravo! If you like or love Nickelodeon, you'll fall headfirst into the rabbit hole of listening to all these amazing episodes. The care and thought that Brett and Alex put into each moment, each breakdown, each analysis of not only these shows they revisit, but of their podcasts as well is mind-blowing. I'm always amazed to see when two folks can come together and share the stage seamlessly. It's not an easy task, that I can assure you, and they are going to go extremely far. I consider myself lucky to have found the podcast and add another piece of nostalgia to my weekly listenings as I commute to, from, and while at work. Thanks for all that you two dudes do, and keep going. Thank you so much, Caveman. That is a very heartfelt and encouraging letter. I I love fan mail like that because it just reassures us that we're on the right track and what we're doing is actually something that people need in the world right now. And and thank you, uh, Slimester, uh, or Slimester Caveman, because I, I don't think that, Brett, you and I really have to work at sharing the stage together. I mean, it's it's Not just, we just get along that well. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's just us being us. And then giving our guests time to shine as well. I guess it just comes naturally to us, but I guess others struggle with that, which I had no idea until this comment so so thank you for that but uh, also just thank you so much for the appreciation it really does mean a lot to us and, and the comment of going extremely far we've got some pretty big plans uh that we really are striving for so we're, we're, we're pushing for that extremely far yes uh twitter this was really exciting because uh, this is a term that we had never had before until this uh this tweet which we got was a tweet. fun we got a tweet uh we don't do a whole lot of tweets but uh it's this was pretty cool uh this was from slimester al daniel uh, and this was in regards to our Hey Arnold episode that we had done with In My Head podcast with uh, Julian. And the tweet says, This Splat Attack and In My Head podcast crossover filled the hype, and the chat on childhood memories evoked a few for me. 
Growing up in Rhode Island, I ventured west of the border to the Mystic Aquarium at least once and had ample pigeon exposure on day trips to Boston. And the fact that he put the crossover episode and actually put filled the hype that makes me excited because Al Daniel has been one of our big supporters and, and usually comments or, or retweets our stuff over on Twitter. And uh, I, I'm glad that he was, we had a Slimester who was hyped for two podcasts that he listens to. That was fun. Indeed. Yeah, I guess it was a happy accident that we changed uh, our Hey Arnold topic last moment, but it was something I really wanted to talk about. And I'm glad that it connected with other people out there because sometimes we never know if what we add to our schedule is going to land or not. And I think this time it really did. Yep. So thank you, Al. I appreciate that. And I appreciate that you're also a New England boy like me. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> That's for all you who just watched the Boy Beats World retrospective. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to read another Slimester Turngakoid letter from our buddy Travis Kemp. Uh, this is about our Nick's, Nicktoons uh, Gakoid's Choice episode that we had over on Patreon. And that was a very well-received one, so I'm glad that worked out for our first Gakoid's Choice. So, Travis writes, Hi Alex and Brett. I thought I'd let you know that I just watched the episode of the Splat Attack podcast that covered favorite Nicktoons, as in like music, on Patreon. It was a fun episode too. I hit all the right notes. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> what 90s Nicktoons am I nostalgic for? I guess I would have to say the theme songs to Double Dare, Doug, Ren and Stimpy, Rugrats, Welcome Freshman, Weirville, and more. Fun fact, back in 1978, the National Press and Allied Workers Jazz Band Incorporated, who performed the theme song for You Can't Do That on Television, released their self-titled album, which featured the original extended version of William Tell Overture, which would end up as the closing theme for You Can't Do That on Television. The album was released on CD around 2018 or so. Luckily, I was able to buy a copy of it online. On occasion, I play a cut from this album on my jazz radio show, particularly William Tell Overture. Anyways, thanks for your time. Hope to see you soon, and stay jazzy. Travis Kemp. Thank you, Travis, for that lovely letter. I know you're one of our big supporters who's been around since the beginning, but I, I really appreciate when we get to know our Slimesters and Gakwoods a little bit deeper just beyond the screen. Um, I, I, I love all those choices, you know, all those are very rockin' songs, especially Welcome Freshman and Double Dare with that, that 80s, 90s guitar riff. I mean, Ren Stimpy is a jazz classic, and if you love jazz, you're gonna love that. Uh, Rugrats is, is a little bit off the beaten path with Mark Mothersbaugh stuff, but it's equally great. And of course, you got the stylings of Fred Newman and Dan Sawyer for Doug, so. Oh, and Wienerville as well. That, that's another fun one. Um, can't go wrong with any of those. And I do want to give a shameless plug for our Patreon uh, because we had just done a uh, live stream just a couple weeks ago and Travis was able to be a part of it. We had quite a few others, but uh, I did have somebody one time uh, over on uh, Instagram give a give me some rather frustrated feedback of why would I pay for something I can already watch? Well, you got to watch it by yourself, dude, because uh, we were 
we were watching this as a group and I gave Gakoid's choice. I let all of them pick an episode and Travis had picked You Can't Do That on Television. And uh, while we're watching the episode, I, I had asked him, now you sent us an email where you had a bit of uh, fun trivia about the theme song, right? And he goes, yes, I did. Would you share it with everybody else? And everyone else found it really fascinating. So it's it was a fun dynamic getting to pick everybody's brain and share memories and and I, I love Travis's commentary. The, the the guy has some amazing one-liners and, and puns. Uh, we we all couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, yeah, and I love puns too. So we we definitely bounce off each other in the comments sometimes, whether it's YouTube or Instagram. It's just a good time. And to to address that guy who is being a stick in the mud, um, you know, Patreon is the place where we try to get funding for our podcast so we can do bigger and better things in the future. And I put a lot of hard work and effort into the, the bonus episodes, the posts. Alex helps me here and there of early access and the live streams. So it's not just something that you can easily get at like the store or rip off, you know, a website online. This is actually quality made original remix content that's presented specifically for our audience who grew up with it. And we're very passionate about this. And if you believe in what we do and our mission to become like essentially the next Nickelodeon and do just great, amazing things for our community, then join us as a Gakoid on Patreon. Um, I think you will be very surprised with how enjoyable the experience is. I know that a lot of people I've talked with through the comments on Patreon you know, just gush over what we do and how we're able to connect with them on a deeper level there. And there's a real lot of lot of value to be had in just the interaction alone, not just simply having Nickelodeon shows to watch. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. It's it's all about build, building community. It really is. 100%. And uh, speaking of build, building community, we're going to go to our last Mona's mailbag. And this one, I, I, I loved all these. I really did. But this one kind of particularly fascinates me. Sure. Uh, this was from Gerard. I I really hope I pronounced your name correctly. Anybody who has listened to this show long enough knows that I'm terrible with name pronunciations. But uh, uh, his uh, email reads, Hi guys, I am a new fan of the channel. I actually found your channel on YouTube this week. I am from England and have a nostalgia-based channel myself, very small and new to it, but it makes me happy and gives me and my eldest daughter a chance to bond over old shows, games, etc. Had to travel across to Ireland, then to Scotland, then back to England at the end of the week, and I really hate traveling, especially flying. So I just wanted to email you and say thank you for helping pass the hours. I am now an avid watcher of your channel and can't wait to see what you do next, Gerard. And the fact that we have people over in different countries who, uh, I mean, across the pond, who are listening to and watching our show is just amazing to me. And uh, I'm glad that we were able to help you out. I was glad that we were able to give some entertainment while you were stuck on a rather long commute. But uh, and also, I love the fact that you are giving that our show is well, not our show, but the fact that you're starting a show that you're able to bond with your eldest daughter with, uh, because that's very much what's happening with this show with me and my kids. So it's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you so much for the very sweet email. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Gerard. And thank you, everyone who wrote into us. Um, I know Moan's mailbag is kind of spotty here and there, but whenever we get like just people telling us what we're doing is great or even some people who may not like it, which is very, 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 very few. 
um, we're, we're just happy to hear about the feedback because we're always striving to do our best here. So mm. thank you, Slimesters, for chiming in with us and continue to do so. Gakoids as well on Patreon. Um, any final thoughts before we head out today, guys? Uh, just... I, and, and I know we'll we'll say thank you again in a minute, but I do really appreciate because we just came off Mona's mailbag and Matt had sent us uh, a message through Mona's mailbag before. <laughs> so thank you, Matt, for reaching out to us before, and thank you again for being here. It really means a lot to us whenever we get to have any guest, uh, whether it be somebody who's been involved with the shows uh, or just fans. It's it's always a blessing. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me on. It was a ton of fun. Um, you know, Nickelodeon stuff is super nostalgic for me, and uh, I think it's so cool you guys champion that, and you know, keep that spirit of the '90s alive. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I enjoy watching you guys. Um, I look forward to the future episodes, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys inviting me on and uh, talking with me tonight. Of course, it was such a pleasure to get to know you on this level and know that you're a fellow Doug fan as well. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you for being here. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on in the future again, maybe even for Legends, because I know we got a few big episodes for that coming up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk about Legends. That's, uh, you know, that's my favorite one. Awesome. But, uh, oh, I go Doug, hard with that. Doug is up there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, Gacko. I mean, Slimesters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gacksters and Slimoids. Uh, here's our closing question for today before I lose my, my shoe tongue. <laughs> Uh, what are some of your favorite childhood shoe memories? Write, write to us via email at splatattack2021 at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at splatattackpodcast. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at splatattackpodcast or just interact with us wherever you find us on social media. We're on Instagram, YouTube, a little bit on Twitter, a little bit on Facebook, and of course, Patreon. So if you're interested in uh, taking your listening to the next level, Check out our bonus episodes. We recently did like Ranking Space Cases Season 1, which was a ton of work, but totally worth it. Um, <laughs> and we also got a great backlog of bonus episodes that are also available to anyone who signs up today. So definitely check that out if you're hungering for more Splat Attack content beyond the main timeline. Absolutely. Uh, again, Matt, thank you for being here today. It was really fun talking to you about, you know, Doug's cool shoes and just it, it's so fun to have people who request episodes from us actually talk about them with us it's, yes. it's like a great i don't know how to describe it it's just a fun moment to see that come to reality it's it's more cool it, it, it is cooler as opposed to just hey can you do this episode yeah sure we can but it's a whole different dynamic when we get to actually pick their brain and find out why they like the episode that they suggested so thank you for the suggestion and thank you for taking the time to be here do you have anything that you would like to plug while you're here? I have absolutely nothing to plug, but uh, I had a lot of fun talking with you guys. And, um, you know, there's only so many chances I have to talk about Doug to people at this point. So, uh, especially people as passionate as both of you. So, yeah, it was just a lot of fun to talk with you guys tonight. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. Well, I, I can confidently say you have a friend in us. So if you ever want to chat on social media, you know, when we're not doing podcast stuff about Doug, hit us up. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Cool. All right, Slimesters. Uh, tune in next time when we make a Mervumentary for Mr. History at Hawthorne High and try to fit in with the rest of the freshmen in our top five Welcome Freshmen episodes. This is going to be a fun countdown list because some of the original Welcome Freshmen cast will be helping us choose what we feel are the best episodes of this four-season series. You don't want to miss all this exciting action here on Splat Attack. 
Until then, Alex, we drain the slime tank for us, please. I gotta send Matt back home and, uh, you know, get a pair of shoes that fit. <laughs> don't forget the breathing holes this time. I won't, don't worry. Aye, <laughs> aye, co-captain. This has been a lot of fun. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, what's happening? Uh, I, I think we accidentally landed on our next destination, Hawthorne High, already, and some aggressive students are challenging me to pick up a basketball uh, basketball game out in the park. Uh, Want to join me so we can take them down? Just as soon as I lace up my new shoes. <laughs> I just hope they're not a size 24 triple E. <laughs> nope, just my comfy, form-fitting size of 11. I'd never part with these shoes. They're my best friends, after all. <laughs> Flash you later, Gakoids. Slimesters? Schusters? Yeah. Splash you later, Slimesters, Schusters. People who listen to our podcast. <laughs> Skeeters. Yeah. Skeeters. 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 Bye, guys. Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. <laughs> I'm glad that's over. Now for a peaceful night's sleep. Well, that does it for now. Yeah, we gotta catch a train. Since I'm going home, you can't my arts and crafts project. It's a tweezer holder. All right, guys. Let's go far. How long have we been away? See you soon. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. There I was, standing on the foul line. We were behind by one point. Porkchop was rooting. He's a capital L loser. Right down to his limo shoes. Buy a pair of Air Jets on sale now at Shoes and Shoes Shoe Store. Air Jets, just buy them. You hear that, Porkchop? What are we waiting for? Just think, I'm only moments away from owning the coolest shoes in Bluffington.